Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies. I'm Dan. That's Charlie. Hey, Charlie. What's happening, brother? What are you doing, buddy? I'm doing a podcast right now. <laughs> hey, buddy. How you doing? Hey, buddy. <laughs> All right, everyone. Hey, I just want to give a quick shout out before we get started on today's episode and thank everyone once again who has uh, been listening to the show and providing feedback to us. A lot of it has been coming through uh, private channels like IMs, uh, direct messages, stuff like that. Um, You know who you are. We really appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen. Uh, We also really appreciate everyone that takes the time to comment and keep the conversation going in the group page. Uh, You know, we started that group page months ago at this point now, and um, just really thought it was going to be kind of something fun to, to to talk about. And it's turned into a um, it's turned into a lot of fun about stuff to talk about now, and oh, it's yeah. gotten pretty popular, man. What do you think? No, I think did it you, has. Did you ever think that when you started this months ago, and you called me when, hey man, I started a group chat about uh, action movies? Did you think it was going to be a thing? Well, no, because you kept going really there's <laughs> how, how many action movies can we talk about and i'm like well, there's more than i think you're realizing sir well here's the thing too is like you and i would call each other like we need to be bored at work or whatever we'd call each other and go hey uh you remember in howard the duck when he played the guitar he doesn't i mean he had a posable but he only had like three feathered fingers how you don't play guitar you know and we would just start talking about stupid movies back and forth or we would do had, uh six degrees to whoever it wasn't always oh, kevin bacon Oh no, we've done that for a long time, but it's like, we've always just had these conversations about these movies and whether it was, uh, watching machete and, and, um, you having to clean up a mess in the morning after machete. Um, well, it was called, we watched machete while drinking. And yeah, <laughs> that, that was a rough night. That was, that was rough. Yeah, it was rough, but you know, I think it, I've done that since. <laughs> no, that was, that was kind of a bad idea, but you know, so that's what it started off as. And you're like, well, I'm going to make a group just talking about it. And now it's turned into a podcast. This is our seventh episode. Yep. And tonight we're going to talk about the movie, the last boy scout. I remember seeing the last boy scout. Uh, I want to say I had just started high school and back then, I mean, it was rated R obviously, but back then it didn't matter. You know, 91, I've always been a big kid anyway. So me and my buddy went to go see the last boy scout. No one ever carded you when you were a kid, you know, back then it didn't make a no, difference. So no, I saw this in the theater. When did you see it? Did you VHS it? Probably? Uh, this was definitely rented later. I mean, this is 91. So I was 11 when it came out. Um, God, you're so young still. I forgot. <laughs> gonna make you feel old. So this, you're, a, you're the only six foot five baby I know. <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> I am the youngest of our circle of friends. Mostly, Ben's are older you, than are me. You, are you younger than uh, Cody? No, Cody. I think Cody. Uh, and Cody is the baby still. Cody, What's up, Cody? Uh, is Nate not younger than him? Oh God. Yeah. I think Nate is younger. Probably. By Nate is the baby. Well, let's say before those three were introduced, like when I hung out with Benny, who worked with us for a while, Benny, I've known since mm-hmm. freaking high school, he was older than me. Our buddy, Matt, who is in hey, wait, Abu Dhabi. Uh, wait, wait, does Ben listen to this podcast? I'm pretty sure Ben listens to the He wants Not to be on his, it one day. He hasn't said anything to me yet about listening to this podcast. Well, 
send him a message saying, Hey man, do you listen? Cause that's, that's how I get feedback. I go, Hey, did you <laughs> listen to the podcast? Oh yeah. Uh, I need to. Okay. Oh, yeah, Will you do that? Let me know. Yeah. Well, you're six, five again. Like I said, that's intimidating. That's, that's I, uh, I gaining listenership through uh bullying. Right. All right. So good. I'm sorry. You said you were 11 uh, when this came yeah, out. I was 11. Um, so this one, I don't even remember really watching this one with dad. This was probably one of those movies I found when I was old enough to rent movies and driving and working. Um, probably watched it with Ben, honestly, now that we're talking about him. Um, place. Probably. That's where I hung out the most of when we weren't working. I was hanging out at Ben's. We were renting, we were renting movies at hole-in-the-wall <laughs> rental stores. We didn't have Blockbuster. There I've been was, to your hometown. No, you do not have Blockbuster. No. Do you know when the first time I ever stepped foot in a Blockbuster was? 2005. <laughs> well, I, I, know, 1999. I 1999. Jesus, dude. Because that's the year I moved to Ohio. You, you, you want to know when I started working for Blockbuster? 2000. 2000? Uh, 2000. Yeah, well, yeah, I want to say it was the tail end of 2000. It was, yeah, because after Y2K... So I left being an EMT in the year 2000 after Y2K and everything happened. Uh, in the year 2000. <laughs> exactly. It seems so. It used to be such a futuristic goal to look towards. Now it's 21 years, 22 years ago. Um, so, yeah, I want to say I started working for Blockbuster either 2000 or 2001, but I want to say 2000. Yeah. So we only had local mom and pop places there was no chains um but i'm gonna say probably pretty positive me and ben probably rented this movie and watched it uh definitely didn't watch it at home lord they dropped the f-bomb in this movie what i, I wrote it down 102 <laughs> times there's more f-bombs than there are gunshots in this movie well what's going to be funny is when we start talking about this movie because we play clips is almost every clip you did had to be edited <laughs> I know it took so long to edit clips today. We, we're, we are still trying to not breach that wall. You know, we'll say other words, but I'm, I'm really trying to keep that word off of it, but we'll beep yeah, it. it, it <laughs> if, if you want to hear that word, there's another podcast I can recommend, sir. Yeah. Oh, there's a <laughs> few I listen to that'll do it, but we, we uh, still haven't got crazy on the other one, but it, it, has, it does come out. Um, no, no, it's good. And, and man, this one. It's like you can't get a Bruce Willis movie without that many Fs. I can't watch what, no. Die Hard on TBS anymore because I can only hear him say fudge so many times in a movie. Yippee cowboy, or whatever. It's Mother such a bad fudger. It's, it's kind of funny watching the bad edits, but, you know, in 91, the every guy comedy action trope really started off, and it was very colorful language based. I mean, well, even in, what, 87, you had Beverly Hills Cop 2, so 85 was the first one? It's somewhere like 84, in that range. somewhere around there, so. you start, They started bringing in the um, the comedians to do action movies instead of having the action guys try comedy. Well, yeah, so they started like, doing that. And they were bringing and, in, you know, like, Eddie Murphy was known for his, like, HBO special, which right, was just right. laced with f-bombs so it's like oh let's throw this guy in an action movie you yeah. know what honestly i wonder if eddie murphy is the first he might be the first non-traditional 
action star because you had what 48 hours beverly hills cop yeah i mean those are two big i mean legit action movies that had comedians you had stuff like running scared with billy crystal uh yeah or was it gregory hines gregory hines yeah he was in that uh and jimmy smith's um yeah, jimmy smith so they were in that uh joey pants joey, pa- joey pantalone uh put- I love joey pants he was I in know, that bad boy. i'm gonna butcher that that name i, I love we just call joey him joey pants, pants. Baby. so i mean so you had these movies and it was a lot of f this and son of a bees this and, and topless shots and and stuff yeah. like that but that's that's what this subgenre of action movies was they were a lot more gritty they were a lot more uh, super ultra cool, slick, but normal dudes. Yeah, being action stars. And most this of them was, were cops, obviously, and they blow everything up, and that's what they do. You know, I. But and it's hard to put the finger on it, but I still say it was like right around the late eighties and into the nineties where we started getting the everyday action heroes. Your yeah, your Kurt Russells, your Bruce Willis's, Keanu. Um, well, we look at Snake Plissken. Yeah, I mean these guys were not. Dude. I mean they were muscular, but they oh, weren't yeah. Stallone. They weren't Schwarzenegger. They weren't right. Dolph. They were guys that you could run into anywhere. You know, they could be just Uncle Jimmy down the street or something. Yeah, they were just regular people. And they, they it was always this like every man, but just downtrodden or all the bad luck happens to them. I mean, it's not <laughs> just the Bruce Willis ones, which kind of was his whole shtick but it went you know into the lethal weapons you know with rigs all yeah. that stuff and doing research on this you see that oh who was who was asked to star in this movie and you'll see like stuff like mel gibson turned it down but bruce willis said yes because i do believe they asked bruce willis about lethal weapon and they asked mel gibson about um die hard so there was yeah. like this flip that makes sense it's real weird how the whole thing, the dynamics in Hollywood work and trying to repicture some of these guys, you know, being cast in a, what we consider a classic iconic movie could have been totally different, you know? Well, like, okay. So we, we were talking the other day about the, when we were talking about this movie, we were talking about the, the writer, Shane Black. I love Shane and, Black, man. Well, he's written lethal weapon, lethal weapon, two, three, four, Last Boy Scout, Last Action Hero, uh, Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, uh, The Predator. They say he's writing Doc Savage, uh, the screenplay for that. He also did Monster Squad, so he knows a lot about Wolfman having nards, which is pretty cool. He is the quintessential 80s and 90s screenplay writer. I mean, I just threw off a bunch of 87 to, you know, current movies, but a lot of those were some big, 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 big movies and if you if you think about this movie if you haven't seen this movie you need to check it out but if you if you see this movie and you know what we're talking about you see the story in this and then you go lethal weapon yeah yeah uh, last action hero yeah kind of even though it was more of a love letter parody style film but it was still he, he has downtrodden a, hero in it he has he does, a style he does the, yeah he does the downtrodden hero really well in this and it then when you, you also, you look at it, it was directed by, um, uh, Tony Scott, Tony Scott, yep. who is, well, it's Ridley Scott's Scott. younger brother. Exactly. But, uh, 
Tony Scott, so if, probably everyone remembers him the most for directing Top Gun. Um, yes, but he also directed uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Days yeah. of Thunder, uh, Crimson Tide, The Fan, Enemy of the State, a bunch of stuff. So it's like you're talking about Hollywood being all these people that could have been, you know, one phone call this way could have been a completely different movie. One yeah. phone call. Cobra was supposed to be a completely different movie. Same thing like this, like you were telling me the other day, there's supposed to be a darker version of this. Yeah, that's kind of been the 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 downfall of Shane Black sometimes is he writes a scan- screenplay and every time I read something about it, it's like it was supposed to be so much darker or it went more in depth and the studio got involved and they cut it all up. Like this one, The Last Boy Scout got totally changed from the way he wrote it. And what's funny about that is, is the amount of money they pay these guys for these screenplays, and then they end up just going off. This one actually held the record for 67 days as the highest amount of money paid for a screenplay, and it was $1 million at the time. Um, When that information got out, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he wrote Basic Instinct, uh, Carcola, uh, Caracola, whatever that production company is, paid that guy $3 million for the script of uh, basic instinct and took the record away from Shane black. Cause he's like, there's no way I'm not getting the highest. I think he had it before Shane. So Uh he just went and wrote Think about that. Basic instinct, I think is considered one of those like top 100 to see before you die type movies. Yeah. It's one of my fairly iconic ones. Yeah. It was written out of spite because the dude (laughs) lost the title of the highest paid screenplay. I I find that hilarious. Sometimes anger is a good motivator. Uh, you know, but true, that's the true. thing though. I, I, I can't imagine this movie not being what it is now though. No, y- you know, it's like, we just had that justice league and then we had the Snyder cut. So now we're getting the ability to see, to, to see a movie as it came out. And then maybe another directorial, you know, ultimate edit of it or this or that. We're kind of getting to see those things now, but we didn't have this in at 91, you know, we no. got the last boy scout. The, we didn't really even start getting what they would consider director's cuts until what early two thousands. Maybe Basically, the Criterion Laser Disc we might get a, a director's cut version on it. Well, but I mean, I think they it really took off when DVDs started taking off because they could yeah. fit extra content. Um, and we started getting the and it, all it really was was here's the stuff we cut out to make it shorter. We put it back in, but you know. Well, it's like I was telling you last last time on Cobra. There's a 40 minute extra cut somewhere yeah. of um of this entire movie. So yeah. I'm like, that's not just editing some scenes for pacing. That's, that's a whole other movie. They 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 filmed something and put something else out using what they had. So exactly, and so you know we when now we've started rewatching these movies. I mean, you watch them all the time anyway. But I mean, I've been rewatching most a lot of these for the first time you know in a while yeah. and seeing that it's like our childhood and young adulthood for me because i'm older than you obviously uh would have been Just a lot a different eh, yeah i'm old uh it would have been a lot different you know but talking about the last boy scout like i said i remember going to see it in the theater with my buddy back in high school i think i was a freshman probably um, you remember seeing it probably with Ben and stuff. Yeah. What was one of the first things that when we both went, Hey, you know, let's do the last boy scout on this one. Um, 
we both originally thought maybe this is a five alley all movie. That's kind of how we remembered it. Well, and then we were like, let's, let's watch it again and really kind of decide. But, and we're getting to that later on in the episode, but what to you is the one thing that jumps out? Name one thing that jumps out to you that you remembered from watching it, you know, years ago and now seeing it again yesterday. Well, this movie, there's there's really only one scene in the whole movie that I think ever stuck out. So let me let me preface this just a little bit. Yeah, we quote this movie maybe once a week between me and you. Um, yeah, probably. We really do. We we say the Bruce Willis lines unedited, <laughs> and I know this is a personal favorite of yours. Um, which is another reason yes. we did this was, you know, I wanted something that was more Dan flavor than Charlie flavor. Um, but rewatching this movie again, and it's still to this day, the whole opening sequence of the football game and how that whole thing oh. ends. Yeah. That is a, it was what, what Billy Cole. It, yeah. Billy Cole, which was played by Billy Blanks, you know, I know Mr. Tybo Billy Blanks, Mr. Tybo. I'm bouncing and punching <laughs> at the same have time. Doing, have you seen him doing Geico commercials recently? I have. It's so <laughs> weird. I know. It's like he's he looks older, but not. You know what I mean? It's that weird. I, I know. Maybe it works. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Man's got great skincare. <laughs> but you know, it's like the movie opens up to this football game, and it's yeah. not. You get this weird knockoff song from Hank Williams Jr it's not yeah, it's instead instead of all my rowdy friends are coming over from monday night or whatever it is are you ready yeah. for some football we get friday nights a great night for football and it's yeah, we don't, we don't get it on monday early, no it, it's the worst 90s rock it's almost like that Cayman michael Cayman rock action movie yeah. stuff that they did a little bit later on but it's mm-hmm. just so crap so <laughs> So we get opened up to this song and you're watching a football game in the rain. Right. So right. you're like, uh, okay, let's see where this is going. The cinematography and, on it's pretty cool. Oh, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, you get yeah, like, cool. you get generic football playing teams, Cleveland nothings. Cause they never tell you the name of the team. And, well. uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> we'll let that go. Well. And then you get like, the Los Angeles stallions. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of, that's who like the Billy Cole characters playing for, yeah, yeah. um, Billy blanks. So, so yeah. and then we get like Dick Butkus for a few minutes doing commentary yeah. and they call him Dick Butkus. So I'm like, Oh yeah. Well, there's, Dick there's, in it. yeah. There's one thing I know. I recognize that. Do you, and, do you think, that, do you think his character's name was Billy because he was such a horrible actor? He couldn't remember if they called him Steve, he'd have been like, who are you talking about? Oh, Oh me. Oh, oh, that, it probably was and they just went steve and he would never turn around and like somebody tell slap billy i'm not he's the tybo king but uh exactly tybo me and we get this like subplot to the movie i guess about uh some gambling or something that's going on and it really starts like the main plot of the movie we just don't know it yet yeah you're not you don't realize it but we find out that he's like being blackmailed or some crap like that and we watch a football play and they give the ball to him and he takes off running down and he breaks a couple of tackles. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. 
and this one dude's coming straight at me, and you're like, yeah, he's going to get tackled. He's not going to score. Freaking Billy Blanks pulls out a gun and shoots the dude. Like, right, brain buckets him right in the nugget. Boom. Turns around and shoots like two other players. And I mean, like, all hell's breaking loose. Cops are running the field. Everyone's running the field. And that's not the shocking part. Billy no. Blanks, like, turns around, takes his helmet off, looks at everyone, and goes, like, ain't life a bitch, and blows the back of his dome off. That's yeah, the start was, of this flipping was- movie. That, yeah that's you know you you see that and like i said it's it's um the way it's filmed in the rain a lot of dark but you got that dynamic lighting going on and he pops yeah. himself right in the head and you're like holy crap what's going on obviously there's some big blackmail stuff going on here or whatever yeah. and you're watching but, it going which you know ends up being the overlying theme of this movie is that um the owner of the stallions is working with uh, people to start legalizing gambling because the ratings are down. So it's all about getting yeah. ratings to save the sports and keep making money. And, um, you know, so it's all about that. Essentially, that's that's basically the overarching story yeah, that, of the whole movie. That, but that's you that's see what's that, driving everything. Yeah, and you see that and you go, holy hell, I didn't know it was going to be like this. And then it really turns into almost a, noir style detective movie because joe hollenbach uh bruce willis is is yeah. a private detective we find out he's a private detective because he was a secret service agent that saved the president got took a bullet for the president yep. and then he was guarding a a senator found mm-hmm. that the senator was abusing uh escorts and knocked out four, escort. uh, knocked out four of the guy's teeth for being a scumbag so we we find out that Bruce Willis is the character of Joe Hollenbach is very upstanding. He's got right from wrong. And that's why he's called the last boy scout. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damon Wayans makes like a con, you know, a comment about signs like, a card for him or whatever like, yeah. to the last boy scout. The, yeah. They had a conversation or something about, he calls him a boy scout or something. And Bruce goes, yeah. always be prepared. Yeah. He, you know, it's, it, he, he basically befriends, an ex-football player for the Stallions, Jimmy Dix, played by Damon Wayans, because um, Bruce Willis's buddy, who he finds out is, you know, dragging his wife, uh, was hired to do like a, just keep an eye on her. She was getting creeped out by things. We find out this whole thing about it, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where the movie has subplots built into it, yeah. which is really pretty cool. Yeah, I love this movie. A, I love the way it was filmed. I love the complicated subplots. I love the grittiness. One of the things about um, this movie that I like a lot, you see Bruce Willis is playing that classic downtrodden, beat down at the bottom of the barrel because things are just taking a crap on him character, like cop yeah. character, like Die Hard. He was just a regular cop character, had a family, had a wife. They separated. She moved to L.A. He had to come out to deal with her, you know, and he was just that normal downtrodden cop and ended up having to walk on glass and be stuck in this tower. And yeah. and now he's this, this private eye and stuff like that. But he wakes up in this car after having this skip trace he did in Vegas, and he just, he's wrecked. Um, But he gets up and he, he looks in the mirror of his car and he has... I think, I don't know, 
this line has always resonated with me. This this bit, I always kind of, uh, it really kind of explains to you how he feels in life. Yeah. Nobody likes you. Everybody hates you. You're gonna lose. You know, and and by the way, cutting audio clips for this movie, um, every other word is the f word. Uh, so it was it was tough. So all I can say that's beeps a hundred and two times. You're going to hear a lot of beeps in these little drops. Um, you know, so I remember that a lot in this movie. I remember, you know, um, I, I'll say it. I'll say it on the air. I I got depression issues. I've dealt with for a long time of my life. This movie always kind of spoke to me because it was like he feels like he's having these same kind of, you know, thoughts and these same kind of really kind of dark areas in his life, but he still has that underlying backbone, that underlying moral compass. He knows right from wrong. He has his code that he sticks with and he's just doing what he has to do to make it work. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, like like we said, he, he found out that his buddy gave him this skip trace job because the skip trace, because the skip trace is quite dangerous, obviously. And his buddy gave it to him because his buddy was, was making with his wife. And yeah. So we get that whole thing <laughs> where I, I always call this guy Jack. Cause he's the guy that oh, played yeah. Jack, Jack Dalton in uh MacGyver. Um, but, uh, we're talking the real MacGyver, not the remake. No, not the remake. No, we're yeah. talking Richard Dean Anderson. But uh, yeah. Bruce McGill plays like Mike, which is, we come to find out it's his almost kind of like a business partner. They kind of both run a protection kind of service. Both, they're, they're both uh, private dicks, basically, yeah, private detectives. Yeah. They're, Bruce calls him his best friend, um, but dude's been sleeping with his wife. And Bruce kind of finds out in the movie, you know, it's kind of, kind of a wild way that happens. And, um, he still, Bruce still takes the job from him because, you know, that other line of 500 bucks is 500 bucks. Um, and, uh, this is that where we kind of get this friendship type thing where Bruce is still friends with him, but mad at him. And he just looks at him and goes, Good, Mike. Joe, how long have we been friends? I say roughly till you started banging my wife. Had a gut. <sighs> Got it. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you just feel it. I like it too because he just kind of <laughs> pats himself on the stomach and is like, ah, gut. <laughs> he knows it's coming. Well, he knows he earned it. You know, he's like, all right, I, all right, I, I got it. It's coming. I, he I get totally it. earned that. That was hilarious. You know, yeah. So he knows it's coming and, and it, I don't know, man, it just, it cracks me up because it shows again, Hey man, my life is just a mess right now, but what am I going to do? 500 yeah. bucks is 500 bucks. It, it, it's that whole, what are you going to do? Well, just keep going. And yeah, and he's like, I'm not going to let you just get away with it. No. Uh, but, you know, so he does it about it, but I mean, and this you know. is, this is again, <laughs> this, I love this type of Shane black writing and how this movie is not what you expect that 
you know, he punches him. They exchange the information for the job, you know, because like he said, mm -hmm. and uh, Mike, but I'm always going to call him Jack, walks off to his car, gets in. He's, you know, Bruce is just standing out there, just kind of staring at him. And uh, dude starts his car and it explodes out of nowhere. Like you are yeah. not expecting this at all. Well, and the best part about it, like what I like is that the wife runs out. She's yelling for, for Joe. Yeah. Um, so you obviously know there's some love there still or whatever type of thing, but you look over and he's just Bruce Willis is on the ground. He's, uh, you know, he's all wrecked. He's not like, yeah. Like, almost like the same words. Yeah. You know? And he wasn't like, Oh, I've got my gun. I'm ready to shoot somebody. He's on the ground going, Oh, that sucked. You know, like he <laughs> yeah, really he took the, he took a hell of a bump on that. And again, that's the, the, the level of, I don't want to say realism, but I guess realism and gritty nature of these action movies that kind of really in the nineties kind of changed from the eighties. Like if that would have been commando, if that would have been J matrix and commando, it would have blown up. He would have did a flap in the air, rolled off the ground, jumped up, had a sword in one hand and a machine gun, in the other and ready to go. You know, it's like, he would have whereas, lit his stogie off of the flame of the explosion. Exactly. Whereas, <laughs> you know, Joe takes a, a head over heels shot to the, in the, in the, the front yard but, but you know that's always been a bruce willis kind of thing is he's been one of those that just gets the shit beat out of him in these movies he really does and like i said i i could relate to that i guess more you know being you know, that age when i'm seeing it going all right this is more like this is this is it this is what would this is what it would be like if that happened to you you know yeah. and, and i don't know he he be, he get, ends up taking the job and he goes to to see this uh this exotic dancer the stripper. Yep. Excuse me. And he goes and it's uh her name's Corey. She's played by Halle Berry. But yeah, not not her first movie, but really early. Really in her early on, yeah. And he's talking to her and he's telling her, "Hey, just chill out." All this other stuff. And her boyfriend Jimmy Dix, played by Damon Wayans, who was on In Living Color, re you know, recent to this this movie yeah he was and, huge around oh, this yeah. time frame yeah and so he sees and he's like who's this bum over here did it all take care of you or whatever and she's like it's cool and then she has to go do her her dance bit yeah so so at, we we get the first interaction between jimmy Dix and bruce willis because at, at heart this is a buddy cop movie and a disgruntled he, buddy cop <laughs> movie <laughs> yeah but you can you can see they through through the fire of war, basically they become close and he walks over to him. And this is, uh, this is one of the few lines. They didn't F each other. So I could actually <laughs> didn't have to edit it too much. Yeah. Um, but he comes over and talks to him real quick. Hi, you're nobody. Don't tell anyone, you know, and it's, it shows you the cool, uh, um, you know, how Joe Hollenbeck is just a cool dude or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I, I know I'm nobody. I, you uh, know, you know you have to imagine he's used he's used to these guys that puff out their chest and that's yeah. that's what damon wayans character jimmy dix is doing is i don't know why you're yeah. here i can protect her she in some kind of trouble she's not telling him and, and he bruce takes is, a poke at bruce willis and bruce willis just kind of catches him his fist and i like, that, that. like old, it's like that old man strength he just catches a fist throws him to the ground goes get out of here junior kind of thing you know i i really enjoyed that whole dynamic yeah uh, i and he always it's just how they they start out their relationship is just like immediately clashing, you know, ready, anytime, ready to throw punches. 
Anytime Damon Wayans gets to be comedic in this movie, that's really where he shines. Some of the dramatic stuff he did didn't come across the best. I mean, he, uh, he he's not uh, bad. He's not a bad actor. No, by any stretch of the imagination. No. But his comedic work is really where he shines in this movie. Then and I like how you he could tell you could tell he's not the action cop. He's not the guy that was trained to be Secret Service. He's not the guy that knows how to shoot guns. As a matter of fact, there's one part he goes, what do I do with this? He goes, put into bad guy and shoot. He goes, I hate guns. Yeah. So can, you can tell that he's not supposed to be comfortable with these situations. Yeah. And it'll, it'll come up later when we talk about the ratings, but that was one of my things about the very few times he tries to be serious. And we're supposed to like care about the character on a, a deeper level. Just, and it just kind of fell flat a couple of times for me, but, that that's just bit, me yeah. nitpicking a little bit on the movie, but we'll get to that later at the ratings. Yeah, you know. So after he meets Corey and all this stuff, and, and Hollenbeck goes outside to wait for him and stuff like that, he gets uh, sla- he gets popped over the back of the head with like a pistol whip, knock him out. Yeah, and uh, the people that are there to basically take out Corey uh, gets him, and they, they take him around the corner, and they're like, "Okay, we're going to go go kill this guy, just get rid of him," kind of thing. And so I'm going to play a quick clip here. It, it's a pretty good clip. I had to edit it a couple of times. You're going to hear some beeps. But this just shows you Hollenbeck uses his humor throughout the movie to gain a tactical advantage. Yeah, um, so set it up. They, yeah. They they hit him over the head, but he kind of comes to. They take his gun, and the, there's one guy there that says, kill him, get rid of him, take him down the alley and shoot him. So this one guy's tasked with that. So he's pushing bruce willis down this alleyway with the largest gun i've ever seen it's huge it was a 50 it was a desert eagle 50 that's exactly what the dude's carrying and i'm like that's not a gun you take on a hit that you're trying to be somewhat stealthy on Uh, it was a big he was a big dude but he was a big dude but that sets up this next clip all right let me click this here we go well, how'd you know it was my wife? She said her husband was a big pimp-looking motherfucker with a hat. Oh, you real cool for a guy about to take a bullet. And your wife, I'll take two. You know, so... <laughs> he just know, of course, like I said, on. He gets the guy laughing to the point where he's not paying attention. That's when Bruce Willis cracks him with a bottle, and that's how he... Yeah. He escapes all of this. And he later in the movie, he does another bit sort of like that, but it's like, these are those humorous things that in 91, I was what? Uh, uh, let's see. I, I was 18. Do 19, math. 15, 14, 15, 16, rather. I was around that age. I see this stuff in the theater, and that's why it was such an impression on me. I'm like, oh, that's that humor. That's that, hey, I know I'm screwed, but I've got to just look in the face and kind of laugh and smile, which yeah. I, arguably I should probably get better at, like I used to be when I was younger. Now I get a little more <laughs> upset about things. But... He, uh, you know, he does that kind of stuff and, um, you know, he, he gets, he gets away with it. And during all this though, they, they get the hit on Corey killer. Damon Wayne shows up and, um, dude, they blow uh, her away. Oh, they automatic weapons, automatic machine guns to the chest. They take her out. There's so, like 90 squibs going the off during this first- scene. <laughs> For like the first half of this movie, most of the kills are very shocking and jarring. Yeah. You know, 
later as it goes, they turn into the, I shoot you, you're dead. You know, bad guy falls down. This first one. Remember the one with the dude that had the, uh, the pool. Oh yeah. Oh, when he was on the phone with the cops, that was a pretty graphic one. Again, it's just that whole Shane black style of writing that. Yeah. He catches you almost off guard, even for an action movie that you expect people to get shot in. Um, I think that's the beauty of the humor too. It helps to diffuse you down. Oh, this was a roller. This was a roller coaster of, Oh man, that was hilarious. Oh crap. Now I'm depressed. Holy crap. That dude just got blown away. (laughs) It's constant in this movie. You know, it really, it really, really is. So this is a a fast paced movie as well. I mean, there's really no part because of those, those scenes, there's no part that really drags and you're like, God, I wish this part was over, you know? Cause yeah, there was a lot of talking leading up to that, but when she dies, you're just like, Holy crap. What did I just watch? Right. Right. And you know, and so it all goes down where Bruce Willis shows up at the end to kind of save Jimmy and and finish everybody off and the cops show up or whatever. And they end up in the police precinct talking and like the captain's there and the captain is, knows, um, Bruce Willis's character. He knows him from the past, knows, well, he, yeah, harasses, he, he harasses the Senator because he knocked the Senator's teeth out and all this stuff. So he knows all the this. Senator, the Senator has been complaining. He's been receiving obscene phone calls. We know yeah. it's you, Hallen Beck. <laughs> exactly. The whole thing. So, um, you know, so Jimmy and, and Joe are sitting out after all hell breaking loose, basically with all this. And they're both kind of wrecked. And Jimmy's going through the fact that he just saw, uh, this woman he loves just get just yeah, obliterated his, his girlfriend, know. everything she's gone, man. And, you know, and, and y- you start to get a little bit of, I don't know. You get a little bit of the bonding there, but you can still tell that I'll play a clip in a second, but you can get this you, in the clipping here. Damon Wayans, the real difference, the the division between the two, not just um, uh, type of people, but the age group there too. You know, yeah. like Jimmy Dix is younger, Bruce Willis is older, more of a mentory kind of dude. And as the movie goes on, but in this bit, you can hear the real difference between the two. That, like I said, oil and the oil and, and water thing, I think, really works in this. Um, yeah. So I'll play this clip here. Leather pants. Something like that, right? Six fifty. Six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. They're pants. Yeah. You wear them. Yes. Then I have like a TV in them or something. Nope. <laughs> I'm very old. <laughs> I can't even not laugh during that. It's it, you know. Is there a TV in them? <laughs> nope. You know, it just, it's so good, but you know, so they go through all this stuff or whatever. And, um, you know, at this point now, Bruce Willis is like, I'm, I'm kind of done, but Jimmy's like, no, we got to figure out what's going on here. Yeah. He's and, trying to like blow the kid, you know, Jimmy Dick's off and just like, Hey, forget it. It's over. Yeah, he's like, it. he's like, Hey man, the job's done. I, I don't know. I'm not going to get paid for it. Obviously. Cause the dude who's going to pay me. Just got blown up. The yeah. person I'm supposed to be protecting just got blown away. I'm boned, but he still decides, Hey, Jimmy keeps on him about it. So, yeah. um, here's another real quick clip in the same kind of time frame here. Say, man, you ever play ball? You got a good build. What are you? No, I'm just trying to break the ice. I like ice. Leave the alone. 
you know, and of course, again, like I said, the language in this is a little, you know, it is yeah. what it is, man. You know, it, but, it is uh, it is what it is for its time frame. It really yeah, is. It is. So it's you know, you just have to excuse that if you want. If you don't like that that kind of if you don't like the kind of um um language, this may not be your movie. But again, ninety one. This is what you got. This is the type of yeah. humor and stuff that you had in these action movies. Yeah. So again, like I said, watching this, I'm like, yeah, man, this guy is cool as hell. I'm, I'm digging this, you know, when I was a kid stuff. And, you know, we go on and find out that there's a whole, like I said, the conspiracy between, behind this and that and what, what have you. And they're trying, they kind of figure out why the conspiracy is happening. And they, the thing that's cool about this movie, you don't really find out who are all the bad guys until later in the movie. And you don't even find out who you think one guy is the bad guy until towards the end of the movie and find out he's really not, he is a bad guy, but not the bad guy. Yeah. Like the I, last, I that. the last third of this movie is just like, wham, wham, wham. Here's, here's who this guy is. Okay. Now here's who that guy is. Now here's this yeah. guy. <laughs> and the one other thing that, it kind of, I don't think it ever struck me we, really as we a, got there. We got the hairball. Watermelon, watermelon crush. Um, oh, I, I just heard you. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> talking a lot. Um, yeah. I never picked up on this till probably, you know, the last couple times of watching this, but when they go and check out Corey's apartment and they're kind of, you know, it's already been trashed and tossed. Apparently there's evidence She's blackmailing the NFL to get Jimmy his job back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not the NFL. We don't want anyone from the NFL coming after us. They said NFL in the movie. I don't think they... Did they really? I, I don't know. I just think they said professional football, but eh, no, maybe. They said NFL. They do. They, I knew they do say the league a couple of times, but that's it. But yeah, eh, maybe they did. Ditka wants... <laughs> trying to get everything, the, the you know, his job back from Ditka. Um, so she's black, <laughs> she's blackmailing the owner of the Los Angeles stallions. Mm -hmm. She's gotten like a recording of him and someone else about illegal gambling. Well, they go to her apartment, they find all this stuff and they get ready to leave. And Bruce is trying to get Damon Wayne's. He's like, I'll, I'll give you a ride. You know, let's get out of here. He goes, no, I'll take Corey's car. Well, we just watched her get in a car and get blown away earlier. So Bruce is sitting in his car, like thinking, and he goes, crap, that wasn't her car. And he speeds off and catches Damon Wayne before he turns the ignition on in the key. Um, mm -hmm. like get, get out of there, get out of there. And turns out that car was rigged. Well, that's not the part I'm getting at. Uh, you got to go back now to where his buddy was blown up with C4. So now is the point that Bruce Willis has put together in his mind that Mike was already working the case. It wasn't that this chick called him and he was too busy, like he told Bruce. He was already working it, got in over his head, and tried to dump it on his best friend, quotation marks, mm -hmm. um, knowing that he was probably going to get killed. So he's yeah, banging his wife. he's banging the wife, yeah. Yeah, he's banging the wife. He's doing all this stuff and he, you now figure out that this guy was 
trying to get Bruce killed. That was really deep. I mean, if you don't stop and think about it, really, you, it kind of goes past you. But you see that realization in the character where, you know, he's even like, that son of a bitch, he tried to get me killed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, you really do. And, and he mentions that to, to Jimmy, too, about <laughs> his best friend blown up and all this other stuff. So it's like he knows at this point that he's in some really high level shit going yeah, on basically it, it, at this point, it, it's you know? not just blackmail it's not just no. a a protection type job it's he's we in the middle issue. of something yeah yeah i just always found that it's just again that's that darkness you don't expect that kind of depth in uh, you know, your normal blow them up action movies sure like dude tried to, the best friend tried to kill you because he's banging your wife man that's yeah. messed up that is messed up i mean you know, head or gut, I guess, but, um, it's <laughs> all he got, out of, well, he got blown up. What do you say? He's he said, blown still up picking, out of the deal. They're uh, still picking chunks out of him out of his stucco out of his stucco. Um, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, let's, uh, yeah. let's kind of finish up just the, the quick, uh, rundown of the movie storyline itself real quick. I really want to get into, um, talking to you about this movie and that, era and like i said that subgenre of movies i want to get your we're going to do the alleyongs obviously i want to we'll get into that and yeah. then let's talk about um let's talk about this movie i i love watching these movies again and going um what if we recast these with okay. modern day actors let's do that when we get back i want to talk about that a little bit more and stuff and then we can talk about maybe i'm sure you probably slapped ben around watching this movie because he probably laughed <laughs> the whole time and say like, hey, hey 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 like ben does so all right we're gonna take a quick break stick with us when we get back we're gonna finish it up we're gonna uh, play a few more bits and uh talk about ali ong's on the uh the give me back my action movie podcast we'll be right back Hey everyone, me again. I just wanted to let you know real quick that I also co-host another podcast, a weekly podcast called the NOCA News Network. I'm Ricky. I also co-host the NOCA News Network podcast with you, Dan. I know you snuck in here on this one, didn't you? Yes, I did. Everyone, we appreciate everybody listening to Give Me Back My Action Movies, obviously. But if you'd like to listen to news that no one cares about, then check us out at NOCA News Network. Ricky, where can they find us? We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Music. We're or or iTunes podcasts. However, that whatever works. it's called. However, that works. And you can check us out on Facebook as well. And you can always email us over at newsroom at nokanews dot com, and uh, check us out over there. We're having that's, a good time. Ricky. That's true. We're posting the podcast to our YouTube channel too. So if you'd rather watch it that way, it's over there. Just search Noka News Network and and enjoy the news that no one cares about. It's a good time. I promise. All right. Oh, did you stretch during that, Charlie? Did you have a good time? I did, did a couple. Did I did a long... couple laps. That was a long break, right? That was all yeah. of a minute or so. Um. All right. So we're talking about how long your commercials are now. Well, I think they're a minute still. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> For now, we got to start. We got to add some more action. We got to talk about yeah. that after this. Uh, okay, so the last Boy Scout, 
again, we talked about a little bit. This was out in 91. This was the big, uh, I want to say this, let's say it came out, the opening weekend was December 15th. Let me, come on IMDb, you're killing me here. Let me scroll down here to this. I don't want the music department. Anyway, I want to say it was December 15th. Um, You know, so it was a big Christmas kind of blockbuster style movie and stuff. And seeing this movie, you know, we talked a little bit about this genre of movies where it was the, the blockbuster action, but you had, it was being driven by a comedy star. And we talked about having some of these, um, you know, Beverly Hills cop comes to mind, obviously. And then bad boys, the bad boys franchise come out of this a little bit later. I know you love the big muscly, superhuman steroided blow everything up machine guns never run out of bullets action movies and stuff well that's what i started with that's what you start with this and i did too don't get me wrong but like this is the ones that i like a little bit more where it's a lot more well use of the f word which i believe is probably the most popular and and probably the best word in the english language but you know it, it also there's just that grittiness it was just it was cool it was gritty it was you know, and my upbringing was different than yours. I was allowed to watch F this films and F that films. You weren't. So, uh, well, I, I think was, that's a big difference between us. I was when mom wasn't home. No, mom still doesn't know you use that word. Oh, I'm sure she's aware I use no, that no, word. No, no, no. Mom, he doesn't. I just. If you're listening, mom, he does. Well, mom's not listening to this. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't say it around her. I don't no. I don't I don't use it in the house around the kids. No. It I have an internal switch. I can turn it off and on pretty easily. So I broke um, my switch years ago, I think. Yes, I have to keep you on either in my earpiece or not on speaker if I'm around people. Everyone has that one friend you can't put on speakerphone. You That's you. That's you. Yeah. Um So uh, Let's. I'm gonna play two well, more got, clips here real quick. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. We got. You we still you. got. Well, we still got a. We're we're getting right into the climax of the movie. Yeah. So um, we find out that the bad guy of this movie is is Shelley Marcone, the owner of the Stallions. Yeah. But working for him is a guy named Milo. I like Milo. Milo is really cool. The guy who played Milo's name is is Taylor. Uh, is it? Negron, N-E-G-R-O-N. Yeah, Negron. We'll call it Negron. And uh, Milo, he's a he's a cool villain. He he's very he, polished. He's very proper. Uh, he keeps calling. <laughs> uh, he keeps calling Bruce Willis's character is always Joe. Um, yeah. He just keeps calling him Joseph the whole time. And um, even later on, they capture jimmy dicks and he calls him james and yeah uh damon wayans looks at bruce like what he goes yeah he does that (laughs) it's just but i love i love that character of milo he's that perfect level of sleaze and polish and he respects bruce willis's character yeah you know he does he he doesn't uh, uh you know underthink him he doesn't you know, underestimating, he knows what he's capable of other than like the other guys. Did we do a clip for those? For Which, oh, the, the not with, yet. So with the okay, cigarette. So, no, not yet. We haven't done that one yet. So basically they, um, they knock him out. 
he gets he 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 gets captured and, and we, yeah. he wakes up basically at, at Marcone's house. We don't know that yet, Shelly Marcone. No, that's the um, reveal but, scene now. Right. But there's these two henchies and the one sitting behind him at the piano with a pistol going to keep an eye on him. They're going to keep an eye on him until Milo shows up and handles this whole situation. Yeah. Well, this other guy that's standing there with him, he's the shirt half unbuttoned Joe Cool henchie. And he wakes him up by slapping him. And he slap, goes to slap him again and he catches his hand and, he, and the guy's like, ah, oh, you're hurting me. And he's like, I'm up. Leave me alone. I'm Bruce Willis. I'm awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so he go. He looks at him. He goes, "Can I get a, a cigarette?" And the guy goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He goes, gives him a cigarette. He goes to light it, and when he does, he punches him in the mouth. And Bruce Willis. Um, it's a whole long scene, so I can't play the whole clip. But yeah, we, we goes, tried to cut this. And it's, it, no, it, you have to like see. Two minutes. This is this one is a YouTube. But if you're not going to watch the movie, yeah, you know. So so he asks. He goes, and he's cool about the whole thing. He goes. I seem to have dropped my cigarette. May I have another? <laughs> and the guy's standing there and he looks at his buddy and he goes, yeah, sure thing, pal. No problem. And he gives him a cigarette and Bruce goes, I'm going to need a light. And looks up at him and he goes, all right. And he goes, Bruce goes, if you, I'll, I'll play that clip for you. Uh, but anyway, he, he <laughs> I'll play the clip at this point. Play, so, play the clip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you touch me again. That's how so, he's talking. So yeah, that wasn't he's, he's like just, we made it quiet. That's no. He is very calm, and he's had the crap kicked at him a couple of times now. So he's, oh, he's bleeding. Yeah, but he tells the guy, he goes, "I'm on the other side of the light, and if you touch me, I'll kill you." Yeah. So he goes to light it, and he punches him again, and he's like, "Ha! Ah, yeah, I got you. I'm the best. You're you suck." Bruce Willis stands up, pops him in the nose, shoves it in his brain, and kills the guy instantly. And looks at him, goes, "Told you." Oh, and God. the other guy's losing his mind and Bruce Willis reaches over and grabs a cigarette and lights it and sits there. And he's like, I warned him. You. Yeah. He goes, I warned him. So at that point, Milo finally comes in and he's like, can you get this corpse out of here type thing or whatever? Yeah, He's not even and shocked. Like he no, walks, he's, he's like, Hey, he just killed this guy. And Milo goes, okay. Yeah. He goes, you don't disappoint Joseph. Yeah. And he's sitting behind him at the piano still, and Hollenbeck hasn't even turned around to look at him. And here's a clip between Milo and him, and it gives you an idea of that interaction there. Um, like, Bruce Willis is the cool, I don't care, leather jacket kind of guy, and Milo is equally as cool. Yeah. Can we do a formal introduction uh, here? Okay, You're the bad guy, right? I am the bad guy. And I'm supposed to be trembling with fear, something like that? Something Fine. I'll start traveling in a minute. Uh, just, you know, so, uh, that's just that, man. Doesn't care. Just. Well, and, here, and here's the funny thing. Tyler, uh, Taylor Negron, he's so familiar to me. I looked him up. Do you remember uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Yeah. He's the oh, pizza guy delivering he's... the pizza to Spicoli. Oh, my gosh. He is, isn't he? He's also the delivery guy in Johnny Dangerously. Telegram for Johnny Dangerous, right? uh, that yeah, guy. Yep, yep. He was also in a movie called Young Doctors in Love in '82. Was one of real schlocky yeah, night slapsticky comedies. Um, but he actually also uh, auditioned on the Gong Show in 1980. That's so awesome. this guy's been in a ton of things. Well, uh, the, Biodome and all kinds of stuff. So the really guy, awesome work. The guy he kills is named uh -huh. Kim Coates. 
Yeah. I will forever remember that name for some reason. And when I see that guy's face, I'll, hey, it's Kim Coates. Because I did it last night watching with Jackie, and she's literally like, I'm crazy. Uh-huh. This guy has been in every freaking movie you could think of. He's like always that grunt goon in the background. Matter of fact, Bruce Willis kills him again in Hostage. Um, he is in, he has a huge, huge um, uh, filmography. Uh, and he's just, I, I don't know why, I just know that guy's name. I, I, it's, there, it's Kim man, Coates. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of people in this movie like that. Like, the guy plays Shelly Marcone. Noble Willing, uh, Will went ah, Noble Willingham. He was most famously the um retired Texas Ranger from Walker, Texas Ranger, the guy that owned the bar. Yeah, it's that guy. He was in Good Morning Vietnam and City Slickers and a bunch of stuff. So you've got him. You've got uh, we already talked about Halle Berry. You've got um Eddie Griffith. Griffith? Yeah, Eddie Griffith is the uh, DJ in the uh, Exotic Club. Yes, he's in there. Uh, so you've got a, a, you know, we talked about Bruce McGill. Obviously, you see me go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. You know, there's a lot of people like that. Lynn Swan, he's mm-hmm. in there with Dick Buckus talking. Um, so you've got a lot of people like that in this there's movie. A, there's a ton of cameos. I mean, there really is. Uh, I yeah. find it funny that I'm watching Damon Wayans in this, and I had just watched Beverly Hills Cop 2, like I said, during the Cobra thing. Damon <laughs> Wayans. Guy? Banana guy, he is it. Is that the first one or second one? Uh, Damon Wayans is in the first one. Okay, so Damon yeah. Wayans in the first one. There's another cameo in the second one. I think of someone else, and I can't think of who it is. Another comedian. Oh, um, Chris Rock. Yeah, Chris he's Rock the, is uh, in the the uh, Playboy Club. That's it. He's parking. He's parking the cars. He's the valet when he pulls up yeah. the crappy car. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, to see Damon Wayans as the banana guy from Beverly Hills cop. <laughs> and now he's like second billing to Bruce Willis in 91, you know, I, kind of a rocket ship to stardom for him. Yeah. It, it's pretty wild. There's even a guy in this that he just plays, uh, I think it's, it's called just Hitman. Yeah. Hitman is guy's name is Michael Papa John. He was in the remake of The Longest Yard. He was in Spider-Man 3. He's been in a bunch of stuff, too. So, like, this movie has a pretty ridiculous cast. It's kind of cool to see um, all these. That's why I love watching these movies, too, because now I may have not watched the movie for 10 years, 15 years, or whatever it is, and now I'm watching it going, holy crap, I know that guy, or holy crap, I remember this dude from that, or he looks familiar, or whatever it might be. So it's really cool. Um, seeing that in, in regards in this movie too. So the come out, it finds out that it, he's trying to legalize gambling to save ratings for football. Essentially yeah, is, yeah. is the whole bit of this. And Atten- attendance is down. The viewership is right, down everything. Right, right, right. And so they, the, the Senator that calls Bruce Willis's job, He's the only wrinkle in the plan still because they tried to pay him off and he wanted enough money. He wanted yeah. more money. So now him, uh, uh, Marcone is, is at the stadium. Uh, everyone else is at the stadium. They think they've taken care of Milo, but Milo is going to snipe this guy. And they've now got to save the guy that ruined his life. Essentially Bruce Willis stuff. Yeah. A little juxtaposition and, there. Right. So they end up, you know, they end up saving him and all this stuff, but, 
the last like really shocking thing at the end of this movie is he's fighting Milo, knocks him off of the um oh, yeah. uh, light gantry, and he falls in through the chopper blades of the police chopper and <laughs> and juice of Maddox all you, over the crowd. You are not exposed. Now they foreshadow it like a couple seconds before <laughs> it happens, but they're they're fighting up high. It's back and forth, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, he's going to get knocked off the thing and fall on the field." That whole thing. No, mm-hmm. dude falls through propellers and gets sprayed across the wall. Yeah, they they really juicematic this guy bad. They and it's just like hold the they, hell. They didn't hold back on the, I guess we could call it gore in this movie. Like when dude shoots himself at the beginning, there's brain chunks flying out the back of the head. Um, yeah, it's wild. When they shoot the guy that owned the pool, he shoots him from behind. Well, we're looking at the guy in the face. And so it's like the bullets coming at you, you know, in the camera. Um, They didn't shy away from that. And I mean, when this guy hits the propellers, it's just bleh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty wild. So, all right, so that's the basic uh gist of the movie itself. Yeah. If they're... you had to recast it nowadays, let's let's play oh. armchair Hollywood. Who do you recast as Hollenbeck at this point? Who is it doesn't have to be like one of these new super young upstart actors, but who do you cast as that uh that actor to play that character it's who would the, be cool it's the bald head i think that does it but jason statham i think would make a really good bruce willis stand-in almost and it, yeah and he's a little bit older now than he oh, was when yeah. he first started doing transporters and stuff so that could work really well actually well, his career really started at the late 90s uh was it uh uh jet lee the one yeah, uh, that was one of his first movies over here. He did movies. When was um, Lock, Stock, Smoking Barrels? Those were like in the 90s and stuff like that. The Guy yeah. Ritchie movies. Guy Ritchie stuff over in that's, England. That's yeah. where he got started. Those, Snatch, um, all that stuff. So I could what, almost uh, see that. And I, it, he's, It's almost kind of cliche to say that because, Lord, he's he's done every type of action movie, even some of these remakes, he remade Charles right. Bronson's the mechanic, which yeah. I, just, I watched those last week again. They're awesome. Um, the problem I'm having is the Jimmy Dix character, because we need a comedian, a strong comedic presence, but we also need someone who can kind of pull off looking like a ball player. Terry Cruz. He's almost too old. Looking. I- I'm going to tell Terry role. Cruz you said that. <laughs> because I don't think Terry would be uh, offended because he's a very gentle person now. And if it he gives is. me a chance to meet Terry Cruz, I'm cool with that. Um, sure but I, I don't know. Like I was thinking that too. I'm, you know, I'm thinking like the rock maybe in there somewhere, but I, no, I just I think, think we that... got, I think we got to go even more like, um, uh, Mackie, Anthony Mackie or, uh, who played <sighs> kill, who could play Killmonger. He was also in Creed. Oh, in Creed. Oh, God, that was that dude's name. He's so good. All right, give me a second. Look it up real quick. Yeah. That um, guy is so good. I want to make sure I get his name right. Um, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, man, he was so good. Um, Creed, by the way. 
fantastic movie. Um, I could see that. I don't know. I don't know if he's ever done any kind of comedy, but I, if you wanted to get someone that didn't look, I don't know. See, David Wayne would even that jacked. I was thinking no, he maybe uh, he was fit. Uh oh, let me look. Oh, uh, my brain just stopped working. Hold on a second. Um, everybody needs to know we're totally doing this off the cuff. We did not prep for this little bit here. No, 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 no. Well, we don't prep a lot. I mean, we do prep, but not a ton. No. Uh, Donald Glover. How about Donald Glover playing the Jimmy Dix character? I could kind of see that. I don't know. He just, to me, doesn't have the stature. Well, I mean, he's, he's, he could put on a few pounds bulk wise, but in like community guess, and stuff, he was yeah. hilarious. Oh, hilarious in community. Comedy wise, I don't doubt the kid's chops at all. You know, I just don't so, know if believe him as a quarterback for a football. Eh, he may be a little short for that bit, maybe. Um, that's what I think Michael B. Jordan would probably be my top pick for that. That'd be I, pretty good. That'd be I, pretty good. I think between him. I, I'm going to probably stick with Statham because I feel like he can play that surly, I don't mm-hmm. care kind of character. He's done it a few times in other movies. Um, you know, we could get some really slick, stylish bad guy for Milo. Um, yeah. Trying to think of who I would love to have played that would have been like a younger John Malkovic. Um, oh, yeah, that dude's goofy. I th- I, um, <laughs> I he think can really he pull off the goofiness. He, he played that creepy kind of kind of character there. Um, this is my problem. Yeah. I spend all my time watching these movies, and uh-huh. I watch newer ones, but I don't know the actors and stuff near as much as no, I probably no, should. It, but yeah, I mean those are those are all pretty good. I like the maybe Tom Hardy to play the Joe Hollenbach character. I don't know if he pulls oh, the comedy okay. as much. No, okay. But I mean, I think that might be pretty cool. Carl Urban. Ooh. I like Carl oh, Urban a lot. Carl Urban playing the Milo character. Yeah, he could pull that off, I think. I think he can. I mean, if I you think too. of he uh he kinda played that a little bit in red, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They, he was more government man, but you know, he was sure, still, still on he that could line. do that, yeah. Oh, that's a uh, good that's a good cast i like that, yeah, I didn't yeah. think about that. so everyone listening um throw your cast when you listen to this episode throw your maybe we'll start a little uh after this comes yeah, out i think we'll do we'll that drop a little we'll drop a little thing on the group and then throw your cast into this i i like that i think that'd be fun to do that didn't um, um some uh poster ahead. smash did that the other day he oh he re he wanted to recast johnny quest in a live oh, action yeah, yeah. um yeah that that was pretty cool that was i didn't answer on it because i was too busy thinking you know i was like man that's hey i had already it was called it was called the venture brothers i never (laughs) did watch the venture brothers oh it's so good dude Uh, um after space ghost went off i didn't watch well patrick warburton is in it and he's like their bodyguard tough guy that drives a muscle car and and his name is Brock Sampson. It's hilarious. You got to watch that. <laughs> I might there's one, it. there's one episode where like the boat's being haunted by the ghost of major Tom the entire time. And the boys are running around Scooby-Doo Scott style, afraid of this ghost. And he's, Oh, so at the end, Brock finally shows up, walks over to the ghost and punches him in the face and knocks him into the water and kills the ghost with one, one punch to the face. <laughs> it's it, you'd love it. It's hilarious. All right. I'm going um, to look into that. Check it out. Anyway, the last boy scout, like I said, I, 
I really love this movie. Um, I was happy to watch this one again. A, it's on HBO Max right now. If you're listening to this currently, if it's yep. in the future, listen to this. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I like that early '90s action genre like that. Uh, there's a few more from that that time frame that we're definitely going to do. Um, we're not going to get into it just yet, but we're definitely going to do a few more of those. But Charlie, let's get into everyone's favorite part. Let's the the what's the shooty finger thing here? We got to do body count first. Oh, we do got. I got to load that up. Hold on a second. Let me load up the body count bit here. I forgot that. We have our new bit. We have to do. Oh man, did you hold on? Let me find the. You're all right. Just keep going. I won't let there be dead air. We'll just we're just gonna keep talking here. You you talk. I'm gonna try to find this. uh, The soothing sounds of "Give Me Back My Action Movies." Okay, here we go. You got it. <laughs> yeah, just to be a second. Okay, let's do this part. Yeah. Body count. Body count. Body count. All right, I'm going to edit that, make it slicker eventually. But yeah, the body count of this movie, Charlie, did you count it up? The body count of this movie, and it, there's two parts to this, and, it, and I kind of thought this was fun. The actual body count of dead bodies is 27 people. Okay. The other part of this is how many people got punched in this movie? <laughs> 31 people get punched. Nine of those was Bruce Willis getting punched. He gets the crap beat out of him in this movie, bro. They get, people get punched in this movie constantly. Yeah. Constantly. It is- it is an as Jimmy Dix gets a gets his hand shot. It gets his hand shot. He but by the way, did you notice he says in the movie he says that the desk that uh, they're standing in front of is made of marble, and then he puts his hand on the desk and they shoot a bullet in his hand. That would have done a lot of more damage to that marble desk. Yeah, this, yeah. I don't know. think I don't think it was marble or someone wasn't paying attention on the edit. But eh, no, that, so twenty seven people died. 31 people got punched. Now, some of those punches were the dead people, too. So they got punched and died. Um, and one dude got, got Vitamixed by a helicopter. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's this this episode's body count. That episode's body count. All right. So, uh, by the way, I love that. Because Charlie and I, we do record this. We record separate states. But we watch each other in, on, their, on our phones, basically, in a little video chat here. Yeah. So Charlie's doing the little pistol gun, gun, shoot, shoot motion at me and i'm going i don't know what the he hell has no idea what i'm doing and i'm that like body you know, count, he says. that was gun you know that was that's gun all right that's finger guns baby that's that's finger guns that's finger um, guns all right let's get to everyone else's favorite part uh, body count though is getting good i like that i like body counts <laughs> let's let's rank it with our favorite henchy alion alions uh think- zero alions we always give at least one alion yeah you can't go below one Everything and, gets a okay, one so, alley-on. So, uh, one alley-on to five alley-ons. Originally, like we said, we thought this, when we first brought up the idea of this, we were both like, this might be the first five alley-on movie, based on our nostalgia and our memories of it. It had been long enough since i seen it yeah. that I was like, I got to watch it again. So, now that we've watched it, Charlie, what is your alley-on rating of The Last Boy Scout? All right. So, it's not five. I did ding it for a few 
a few shots in the movie that I thought were a little too, I don't want to say comical, but I just didn't enjoy the way they filmed it. And again, I had to compare to what I do consider fives. Um, I give uh, The Last Boy Scout four Allianz. Okay. I know that one thing you were uh, not complaining about, but the one thing you kind of uh, scored him against was um, uh, the performance of his daughter. Yeah, I think so that was great. We didn't talk about Daniel Harris in this, and uh, she wasn't huge in action movies, but she actually ends up being one of the big scream queens later on in life. She played Michael Myers' niece in, I think it was Halloween 4 or 5, She's the little girl in the clown costume on the cover, or very iconic, you know, image. Um, and she's done multiple horror movies later on. Ah, uh, she got annoying really fast <laughs> yeah, in this got, movie. She really uh, did a little over. And I've seen child actors. I'm not digging on her acting style. She's young, you know. It's not like you know, there's seasoned veterans. Somebody could have helped a little bit, or that was the style they were going for. So between that and I said it before, Damon Wayans' serious parts of this movie fell flat on me. Okay. Um, so I four is still really high. Delta Force was a four. Um, this is a four. This is a great movie. I recommend it for everyone. Um, I'm going to let you do your thing, but I also have an Aliong note for okay. this movie. Uh, I'm going to do a four and a half Aliong on this one. I, yep. to me again, this one spoke to me, um, on a, on a level that I can kind of, I don't know. I, I can kind of just get with it. I, I, you know, I like that, that slick, even though you're getting kicked in the sack <laughs> kind yeah. of uh situation, you can kind of just be slick and kind of deal with it with humor and this and that. Um, I like that. I liked the. I like the grittiness of the, I like the way it was filmed in that gritty kind of, um, LA haze. Yeah. You know, filter that they used and stuff. I just really kind of liked that about this movie a lot. Um, um, I say four and a half, like, like I said, this one, I just, and I love these humor based comedy movies like Beverly Hills cop and stuff like that. And we've said it before. You are more drawn to comedies. Yeah, you're, you're more comedy yeah. that like I am action, and yeah. So I like that comedy in it, and um, we were talking today a little earlier about this, and we've just we won't get into it, but we talked about there's more movies in this sub genre that we rank differently with Aliong's around this too. So I think four and a half is really kind of where yeah. I'm gonna be at on this one. Yeah, no, and I and I agree. So. Do do you want my? I didn't. I haven't told you about this yet, so no, I don't. Even, ahead, I don't yeah. even know if you know. I have Al Leong trivia for this. I don't know nothing, man. Technically, Al Leong's in this movie. Of course, he is somewhere. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, we well, he's a stunt man. So I'm assuming it's a stunt somewhere. Uh, mm, kinda. So okay, we're watching a Shane Black movie, right? Mm -hmm. We know the movie Shane Black does. Yeah. What movie is Daniel Harris, Bruce Willis's daughter, watching when they come home when they do the whole ice cream bit? Oh, Die Hard. Nope. No, no not Die Hard. Uh, 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 lethal Weapon. Yep. What scene 
is she the watching scene where Ali Yong is hitting uh, Mel Gibson with the, the battery? Yep. Endo. He's being he's the Endo scene. He is right? Endo. So Endo, Al Leong is in the, last, in the last Boy, Boy Scout. Scout. Yeah. I, I'm watching it and I'm going, oh, our patron saint Al Leong has made his appearance once again. Although kind of just glimpses of his head like in Hot Shots Part Du and the not quite casted into Cobra. Yeah. Endo is in the last Boy is. Scout. So That's it. I, I was, awesome, I wanted to say, I wanted your true reaction on, yeah. on yep, the podcast right. for that. So yep. I was, I was happy. Well, man, that, that's going to get close to the end of another episode here. Uh, my computer's yelling at me about something. Shut up computer. You don't roll. Me. Everybody yells at um, you for something. I probably yelled at you for something. I don't know. Truth. Um, we do want to do some of our own yelling and yell out to some of our friends of the show. We want to say, Hello to our friend Sludge over at SludgeCast. Check those guys out, especially if you're into monster movies and creature features. Check out SludgeCast. Charlie and has made some appearances over there. They are also working their way through the Universal Monster movies now. Yes. Which Do you have a favorite? Creature from the Black Lagoon, yeah, which, which they did. Um, creature is my favorite one. Yeah. Guess what? I don't know if you listened to the episode, and I don't want to give too much away, but well, yeah. Guess what Sludge's favorite is? Mr. Godzilla himself. Guess what monster is his favorite? Ooh. I would say creature. I want to say mummy. Phantom of the Opera. That makes sense. He yeah. actually, that is his favorite movie of all time. I've seen, I've seen the musical. He's got, I mean, I've seen, I've seen the movie too. Yeah. The, the I, Universal, but he's, I've he, the, the he has a cut that he swears by is it's the silent, movie version oh very um, cool uh and he has flat out on air it is his favorite if he's on an island with one movie it's a phantom of the Opera. phantom that's awesome yeah. that's lon chaney uh, is it lon chaney did phantom uh long yeah lon chaney because that was the one where he did his own makeup yeah that's um, what i was thinking yeah um so we want to say hey to those guys out there we want to have you guys check out the ultimate action movie club over at ultimateactionmovies.com Oh, yeah. great guys over uh, the, there yeah really nice site uh check out pete and the crew at good beer a bad movie uh check out their podcast they well it's it's true to form they drink beer and they watch really bad movies um and, and the email battle has continued on yes and we're after, don't mess with me pete i will add more letters to our email well he's uh, he's uh, recruited kathleen on it now so we're it's two on two now Oh, geez. <laughs> um, we want to say a quick hey over to Poster Smash. We mentioned them once. Check their stuff out on Instagram. They mash up movies. It's and posters. It's really pretty cool. Um, uh, it, it's that's all you had to say about it. It's pretty self-explanatory. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we also want to give a shout out to Mountain Empire Comics in Johnson City, Tennessee, Bristol, Tennessee. Uh, Diane and Rob out there. Check them out on Facebook. Uh, I did talk to Diane this week. They do ship comics. So if you guys reach out to them, you can get comic ship. Yeah, we're trying to get the uh, new He-Man comic that's coming out before the Netflix oh, show. Man, I want that Magnolia cover so bad. They just showed uh, it today. That's so nice. Uh, we want to ask everyone to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. If it's Apple, if it... Although I know something just came out. Apple just announced something with the way they're set up now. I Apple's don't know. Apple's doing something real weird. So they're really weird, but you can always catch us on Spotify, Podbean, 
uh, Alexa, iHeartRadio, Google. You can find us. Yeah, you can. We're, find we're us. on all um, of them right now. Absolutely. Uh, check out Instagram. Charlie runs that. A lot of times it's what he's watching in the shop, different things like that. Yep. Which was Josh uh, Gordon yesterday. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can email us at G-M-B-M-A-M-P-O-D. That's G-M-B-M-A-M-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't give Pete, Pete any more ammo. Come on, man. Sorry, Pete, I was drinking. Um, that, that's their new thing is it just ours rolls off the tongue and theirs doesn't. I'm like, that's no, ours, messed up. Ours nope. is a train wreck, Pete. Theirs rolls off the tongue. Ours doesn't. That's what no, they're... Yeah, ours is a train wreck. It's give me back my iTheMoviePod at gmail.com. It's, um, the, it's the Schwarzenegger email, man. Yeah, it's... it's give really me the... Bam. <laughs> our, our, our email is the ghoulies version of emails. Yours is the critters version, Pete. That's um, cold, also, man. <laughs> check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook group. So... If you find us, uh, this podcast somehow out in the ether of the world and you decide you want to come and check out our Facebook page, please do so. But take the effort to go to the group page because that's really where a lot of the interactions are. We always say, um, listen to the pod, join the conversation, do that in the group. That's where we will post um, uh, spoilers for the upcoming episodes. Or, well, we won't spoil them, but like little teases. Let you we do teasers. Guess. We we drop um, hints. Now, and when you go yeah. to the page, I've I've made it as simple as Facebook will let me. There's a button right under the main header that says "Join Group." Yeah. Click that. Click, click that. We'll get you in. That's where it's at. We are going to start holding some contests and stuff here pretty soon. I think uh, we've yeah. talked about it a little bit. Uh, that'll be your, your gateway into the, give me back my action movie, um, universe, I guess. Community. Universe, world fan, yeah. fan base. I don't know. We haven't come up with a clever name to call the fans yet. Um, Prison- prisoners. As what? That's messed up, bro. <laughs> as you can tell, sometimes I'm not very creative. So, um, I guess that's about it. I mean, thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate everyone listening and giving us the feedback when you can. Uh, this mo- this episode's an hour and 20 minutes or so because we asked you guys and you fools said as long as it's entertaining. I don't know when it started being entertaining, but I'm glad you guys are finding it entertaining either way. No, and we do uh, we do appreciate that kind of feedback. That's why we put we it out absolutely there. absolutely do. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, I guess the only other thing we haven't mentioned yet is, uh, let's see, we record this on Thursday. Tomorrow is the premiere for the new Mortal Kombat movie on oh, HBO dude, uh, Max. Oh, just that's it. I'm turning this. I'm pulling it. I I I'm sick. I can't go to work tomorrow now. X right. Oh, dude, I cannot wait to watch that mother effing movie. I'm excited. I thought about starting to collect all the figures. Good luck. That's why I haven't. Yeah. Because I'm going to get ticked off when I can't find a couple of the ones that I want. Because and that's you know me. If I can't get them all, I don't want them. Welcome to the collector community, man. I'm collecting he man right now. And well, I, I thought about just getting the ninjas. Which yeah, I guess right. that's not well. Uh, you can, but then I was like, but then I want Raiden. Oh man, but then I want, and I was like, I'm not doing it. That's a I'm that's a that's it. a rabbit hole, dude. I'm not doing. Uh, it's an expensive all, rabbit hole. Well, actually, it'd be an expensive rabbit hole for my youngest son to play with action figures because he would have them somehow. Uh-huh. I can't, it can't, anything from that. 
beast. Anyway, all right, guys. I'm going to jump off here. It's late as we uh, finish recording this. Yep. And um, I'm tired, man. Me too. You tired? I'm tired. tired. Yep. Hey, uh, you're nobody. That's what Corey told me. Is that what Corey told you? Yeah, well, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Charlie, you got anything to finish it off with? I'll be back. I knew you'd say that.